Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. We are well into the holiday season, pretty much around the world right now. And we're having some cooler weather here in South Florida. Cooler for me as it goes down into like high 50s at night and stays in the low 70s during the day. It really is beautiful. These are the months when you feel lucky to live in Florida, honestly. Not so much the summer months, but definitely the winter months. So it's been beautiful here, and I just want to let you know that my heart reaches out to all of you who are struggling this year, who have perhaps lost someone due to COVID or any other disease or accident or however that happens. Um, I know some people are alone and celebrated Thanksgiving alone in the U.S. It's a big holiday that involves family usually for us. So I just want you to know that I hold you in my meditations in the mornings that I do and in my thoughts. Today's episode is quite unusual. I don't typically do my own work on the podcast live. And this isn't live, quote unquote, but it is not edited. So I did not go through and edit any of it out I felt like it was a really powerful session. Originally, a friend was scheduled to do this work with Dr. Han, and something came up where she couldn't make it. And so at the last minute, I said, well, I'll do the work with you. And he said, wonderful. He was interviewed on episode 184. So just a couple of weeks ago, really, on the podcast, his episode is called Life-Centered Healing with Dr. Andy Han. He is a licensed clinical psychologist and is the creator and trainer of this this really beautiful healing system. He practices around the world and his office is in Massachusetts in the United States. You can see more about him at his website, lifecenteredtherapy.com. Now this session gets pretty emotional and typically I don't record video of my interviews. I have an audio-only podcast. The audio posts to YouTube, but it is simply audio. But this episode is quite different than any other I have ever aired. So I also put the video up on YouTube. And if you want to see it there, then please go take a look if you'd prefer to listen to it that way with visuals going on. I do start crying. And so there are pauses here and um, crying noises, <laughs> all that kinds of stuff. So sometimes that's a, a little bit easier if you have the visuals to go with it. Not always, but sometimes. I do want to let you know there's talk of a child dying. I wanted to let you know that before you get too far into it. Now, I did want to give you an update since it's been several weeks since I recorded this episode with Dr. Han. I definitely felt a shift in how I support my children. 
and how I support their happiness, there's more of a sense of freedom, I would say. So I wanted to just give you that update before we jump right into the work that I did with Dr. Han. So let's go ahead and do that now. Peace. So Dr. Han, welcome back to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Thanks, Elizabeth. It's such a joy to be, really a joy to be back with you. And knowing what we're going to do, I want to just thank you in advance for giving everybody a gift because when you are willing to put yourself out there in this way, hopefully you get something. But my guess is whatever it is we work with, it won't be just for you. It will be for a lot more people than just you. Absolutely. Hopefully, yes. Um, I think you're the process from what I know of it from our first interview that, and that one's in the show notes for people and they can go back and listen to it to get some background here. But um, it's just so fascinating to me and it felt like a huge internal shift in my own um, therapeutic process, meaning like, let me pause here and see how I work and see what's a good fit for me. So can you tell people briefly, who haven't heard that first episode, can you tell people briefly what your um, system is? Sure. So our framework, it's called Life-Centered Therapy. It's a whole framework. And it's based on a very simple, a few simple premises. So I can talk about why I believe people come to therapy why I believe therapy, what I think therapy is and how it works. And I can do that in about a minute. I think everybody comes to therapy for the same reason. We call it trauma. Or to put it differently, it's just something that can't be handled and integrated. That's all. And I think when you can't handle and integrate something, you go from being someone who's having an experience to someone who's identified with a person who is living the experience over and over and over again. Or to put it differently, you lose all perspective and you're living, you just relive the trauma. You're no longer in the here and now. So that's Mm -hmm. what I think. So I think, and I think that's why people suffer. So I think why people suffer and trauma are the same thing. If you could take care of all your trauma, you would never suffer. You might feel physical pain, but you'd never suffer because you could just say yes to everything. And Mm -hmm. we have exemplars of those. They're called Christ or Buddha or somebody like that. And they can just say yes to everything. They're not anxious they're not judgmental they're not comparative they just say yes that's it true so -hmm. what's therapy it's simply mastering what couldn't be handled and integrated that's all it is and it's very easy to say how that happens which is that as soon as something can't be handled and integrated in that moment a sensation is born just like elizabeth is born in a moment the sensation is born in the moment and then what happens is because we're not aware of it we identify with the sensation and not the one who's witnessing the sensation or holding the sensation. So you stop remembering and you start to live echoes of it. So you could say, what is therapy? It's an invitation to remembering who you truly are and not who you believe you are once you've had a trauma. That's what therapy is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then all we have to do, if all you did was every time, so it's very interesting, every sensation you have that's a discomfort, I would say is a living being who's come to share a story. And every time you have any kind of anxiety, judgmentalism, or anything, anytime you've been traumatized where you have a symptom, there's going to be an exact associated sensation that is 
that is the exact equivalent of what it is that couldn't be handled or integrated. And it's a living being. It is not a part. Just like, unless we want to say that Elizabeth is a part. Uh You want to say, if you want to call yourself a part, then we could call all these sensations part. But really what you could say is there's an enormous community of beings and the ones that haven't been able to handle something are all here and they are kind of uh, at various times running the show. All right. That's, That's the basic premise. Then we only have to do three things. We have to find out what your real intention is because you might be coming in with a symptom of the intention and not the intention itself. And Mm -hmm. in the last example, we gave a very brief example if you had a panic attack. And if you had a panic attack and it was because 10 years ago you were in a war and a bomb went off, it's a fairly direct relationship between, you know, um, a car motorcycle backfiring and the fact that you were in the war. And then that would be a direct thing because your reaction to the loud sounds really would be kind of a direct link to this thing. But we said, let's suppose 100 years ago, however we want to understand that, somebody was leading a troop, a group of people in World War I, and they weren't paying enough attention, and they walked them into an ambush. And they watch all these men die as bombs go off. Well, then they might come in and say, my problem is loud sounds, but we would know that was a symptom of something else, betrayal. And we might know right? That betrayal might be the root cause of their reactions to loud sounds, their OCD, because they couldn't, you know, they say, I don't know why, but if something goes wrong, something terrible is going to happen. It might be why they keep shooting themselves in the foot whenever they want to be a leader, because they would not want to put themselves back in a place where they would betray again. If shrapnel Mm -hmm. actually hit them in the story, they might actually feel like they shot themselves in the foot and they'd have a story where they, they, something fell on their foot and that's why they were limping. But we would know that wasn't the problem. The problem was that that was a reliving of what happened a hundred years ago. And it would look mm-hmm. like it was an accident or they would say it's fate, but really it's destiny. So they might have all of these different issues all at the same time. But if you could find out what the real problem was, which is betrayal and you could change the betrayal. And that was the only reason you might get 10 different symptoms all transforming all at once that looked like they had nothing to do with each other. Okay, so we have to find your true intention. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. We have to find out where it crystallized because everything after that is just going to be the reliving of an echo. And even things that happen in this lifetime that can look horrendous and, in fact, are horrendous on a whole other level could be the reliving of something that happened in what we call a past life or in your genealogy. And you might not know that, so you'd work and work and work and you'd get some result, but you'd say something doesn't feel like it's complete here and it's because you'd be getting an echo. So we have to find out where it originated and then we have to find out whoever it is, do they need something other than just having awareness while they're witnessing and holding. So they're gonna choose to become the sensation And as soon as you choose to become it, you're the one who's doing the choosing, not the sensation anymore. You no longer identify with the sensation. You identify with the one who's choosing to experiencing it, who's witnessing it, or is mindful of it, or is holding that person, at which point you're free. Because then you'd say, I remember what happened, but it's not who I am. That's the whole deal. Okay, got it. Now, there's only one problem, which is I can't ask you. Because if you you come in and you say, I have this terrible trouble, problem and I say, Elizabeth, how come you have this problem? If you knew the answer to that, you'd say, if I knew the answer to that, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be here. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. So I'm going to use... Although occasionally when you ask that question, people tell you. Yes, they do. But if if they tell you, then they don't know what to do about it. 
That's true. That's true. Yeah. They may know what the problem is, but they often think they know what the problem is, but it may not be the problem, particularly if you're dealing with something from another lifetime. So they say, oh, I know what it was my three. And you find out that that wasn't where it crystallized. But I'll ask. But okay. I'm going to use a process called muscle testing or kinesiology, mm-hmm. a way of accessing deepest wisdom. And if we were together, what I would do is I would press on your arm. And mm-hmm. what we would find is if the answer to something was true, if you're like most people, I could literally sit on your arm and it might fatigue, but it would stay strong. And if it wasn't true, you could use all your willpower and try to hold your arm up. And I could press very lightly with one finger and your arm would go down. So your body becomes like a truth teller. And then we get to ask questions and all the answers come through you. Except we have one problem here, which is that I'm in outside of Boston and you're in Florida. So I can't uh-huh. put my hand through the computer. So I have to muscle test myself as a surrogate. And the only way that's possible is to say something that might sound funny, which is that on the surface, you and I are different. Just okay. like cells in a mystical body. We have three trillion cells and all of them are different on the surface. But underneath it, there's the same template. In our case, if it's a cell, it's called the blueprint or the template or the it's called DNA. And so what I want to say is you and I are like mystical cells in a mystical body that is called life. And we're holographic. So that if we were a holographic plate and you broke us into trillions and trillions of pieces, each of the surface ones would be different. But the underlying picture would be a whole universe that's an evolving universe. And all we would have to do is then tap into the template. So what I do with you, which sounds funny, is I tap into the template and I focus on the part of the template that's called, in this world, Elizabeth. And then it's like I become that quickening, that life force Uh called Elizabeth, as opposed to the life force called Andy. And since I have no particular stake in it, I don't do it perfectly. So you can say, Andy, that seems off, and I'll say that's possible because I can only do it perfectly if I was truly you know, an enlightened, realized being, which I'm not, but I do my best. And that's okay. Great. I love it. Uh So that's now we have the background in 10 minutes of what we do. Now, all I'm going to do is ask you one question. I really want you to be with this. Okay. So we're just going to pause. We're going to pause for a second and we're going to shift our attention even more deeply in and down. So we're just going to breathe. And as we're breathing, it's like we're not only breathing in air, we're breathing in what we might call life force. It's like we're breathing in life, or you could say the divine. And when you do that, you open to a deeper knowing, the part of you that just knows what's true. And intuitively, if there's something you need to share, then it will reveal itself that it needs to be shared. But really what I want you to do is check with a deeper heart. And it knows the best thing we could do today. So what you want to do is just check in with this deeper heart, that voice. And we're going to say, if you could have anything you desire from this time, anything, even if you weren't sure it was possible, what would you intend to get from the time? What would you intend so you got exactly what you would desire for right now so that something would be different and theoretically, from your point of view, better for yourself, for your family, for the collective, for anything? And I'm just going to write down whatever you say. Whenever you're ready, you can just tell us what you'd like from our time. I would like for my children to suffer less. And that's really my true intention. I mean, the question sort of comes up of like, why do they suffer so much? But really, in asking that question, my true intention is that they suffer less. Like, there's a part of me that 
who cares about the why if they suffer less? Yeah. Good. Now I want you to take one more moment. That might be really the only thing you'd want from our time. And that of course is uh, an act of grace, but not surprising that you say, if my children suffered less, then um, I would have what I truly desire. But why don't you just check in and see if there's anything else or if that's really it. Yeah, I think that's really it. Yeah. So you gave us something interesting, which is that virtually no one, which I think is a commentary on you, when I asked them what they would desire from the time, is you're not the first person who said that, but it's very unusual that someone doesn't say something about themselves overtly, like I want to be a better mother or I want to not have anxiety. You really, what you're saying is what I really, my heart's desire is just that my children would suffer less. Now there's a few things to say here. The first one is the reason they might be suffering might have something indirectly to do with you, at which point you could work directly on something for yourself. The second thing is, of course, you carry your children within you, literally in your case, because as yeah. a mother, you, their cells literally exist inside of you, which yeah. Probably know if you don't know it's an amazing thing to know that you know when you when you take the blood of women who have children they have male DNA in it it's because they carry literally biological yes. so yeah it's fascinating I learned that I don't know during one of my pregnancies or after who knows early motherhood and I thought that is amazing right, right? like it's amazing. From that point of view you can step into what's going on with your children because you literally biologically are them so in that case, you were doing something for them surrogately. And if it's about them, literally, literally, yeah. we would theoretically have to ask their permission. We could ask their soul level permission, at which point it would look like you were doing a surrogate session for them, right? Mm -hmm. And you can do surrogate sessions for people, for sure. I mean, because huh. the same way that I can become you, you can become them. But typically, if it's someone living, you have to ask their permission but we can even find out if you have to ask their personal permission versus their soul level permission. Okay. In so far as the reasons that they're suffering aren't about them per se, but about who they are in other lifetimes, particularly if it's genealogical, um, you wouldn't even have to ask because whatever it is that's affecting them would be coming down through you anyhow, if it's genealogical, right? If something happened five generations ago on your mother's side and it came down through you and it wasn't even affecting you and it can affect them and it can show up in them. Okay, so okay. your situation is different enough that we have to say that, okay? Got it. Good. Now, you and I are going to become a team, and I'm going to start muscle testing. If there's anything you want to ask, you can ask also, And um, but I've spent my life trying to figure out what questions to ask so that you can get through a diagnostic quickly, and we'll start with your intention, and we'll see what happens. And um, um, Okay. And I think actually, you know, sometimes I get a sense of things and I think this might actually be very powerful. Um, so anyway, so I'm going to start muscle testing. And the way I muscle test is I just, it's like asking my body to be a pendulum. So then I have access because I want to write. And if I, there are a lot of ways to muscle test, but I just, what happens is I just say, show us a yes. And my body moves. I say, show us a no. And I say, show us a yes. And then if I were to ask, which, you know, if I was to say, my name is Andy, it will say no. If it says, my name is Elizabeth, it will say yes. And now theoretically, as best I can, I'm muscle testing you, even though I'm being a surrogate for that. Okay. 
Okay. So here's how it will work. So we say, and I will explain the questions as we go along. All right. Okay. So the first thing we ask is, are we fully a healing presence? And it says, yes, healing presence is the aspect of soul that really helps us become whole. Are we simply balanced? That says yes also. And simply balanced means our bodies are ready to do the work. Because if you're not hydrated enough, I get mushy answers and then life gets funny and a bunch of other stuff. But we're <laughs> right. hydrated, you know. You may be yeah, I have my water here. Covered. It looks like a coffee cup, but it's yeah, water. Well, maybe it's even better. And are we fully checked in? And that says yes. And fully checked in just means that you've said everything that you need to say so you can do the work and I can be of service. That's all. So now we get to shift. And I'm going to start because we always ask the client if they know first. So I'm going to find out if you know what to do because you might say, I need the hypnosis session. At which point I'll say, well, that's not good for our podcast, but it may be good for you. So anyway, (laughs) okay. So we're going to say the one we call Elizabeth, that's you. Mm-hmm. We know the best way to proceed, and we ask you, and it says no, so we're off the hook. So I'm going to find out, yes. So we're going to do healing work, and we're going to do what I would call a standard balance. Is there anything better to do? Okay. So standard balance just means something's out of balance. Mm-hmm. And all that says is one of two things is going on. Either you're suffering because your children are suffering, at which point we'd be working with you, and... Mm-hmm. Um, then something would be out of balance for you because you wouldn't be able to say like, um, I can just be with them, whatever's happening, you know, like, you know. Um, hmm. Yeah. When you say that, I, I occasionally I get caught in it, but usually I don't. Right. I, I feel more separate from their suffering. Right. Well, I can find out. And if it's true, there are stories like, there are certain kinds of fallen angel stories, for example, where an angel is supposed to just be someone who holds a space with love even when terrible things happen, but sometimes they uh, get they get so touched by it that they want to fix the problem, and as soon as that happens, they may fall through dimensions, and so mm. we have a story like that. I've seen that story with people who are very highly evolved people, but it's sort of like they sometimes get caught up in other people suffering so much and it's because they're reenacting something where they were supposed to be sort of unconditionally transpersonally loving and it became personal. Oh, interesting. Okay. That definitely happens often, not often, but occasionally, um, not necessarily with clients, but sometimes a story I'll hear. Sometimes it is a client. I can think of a particular one who, um, she lost a child and it just, you know, during session, I was fine. But afterwards, yeah. I had to really work to release that pain. Like, it's not my pain. It's not your pain. No. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but interesting with my kids, it doesn't, I mean, I go into action when they tell me. <laughs> I'm not surprised. But it's not a feeling of being in it. Okay. Well, that may not be it, but I just wanted to tell you, like, because. Yeah. Your situation is interesting enough. So I'm going to find out who we're actually working with, okay? And find mm-hmm. out what happened and see what's going on. All right, so let's find out what we're going to do. So do you, what we're going to call Elizabeth in this situation, do you have a highest intention and that's what we're to do? And it says yes. Are we to work theoretically, if we could, with one of your children's intentions about why they're suffering? And that says no. So there's something that's going on with you that somehow is related to your children suffering less. Mm. It's something that you're holding, all, mm. all we know so far, because it says I'm to work with you and not with them. Okay? okay. And certainly we could work with them and just have you become one of them, but that's not what's going to happen. We're going to work with you. Okay. So 
um, that's all I know so far. So let's find out. Okay, so here we go. So we're gonna find out what we're gonna do. So we're gonna we're gonna work with you. So you have a highest intention. That's what to do, and it's gonna be you as Elizabeth, as opposed to you surrogating your children or or one of your children. Yes. So your highest intention, let's find out. Your highest intention is any, some, or all of what you said. And it says it is what you said, that you want your children to suffer less. Um, and why do they suffer so much? That's, we have to work on that. But what we know, we're going to find out if, what that is. So that's it out of everything. Is it worded exactly correctly? Is it a blocked intention? Is it anything other than a blocked intention? So what that says is you're carrying somehow some kind of trauma which is related to your reactions to your children's suffering, so you want them to suffer less. That's all I know so far. Okay. Or, or you'd be saying, it'd be like saying in a story more dramatically, why are they suffering so much? It'd be more like that. There's mm -hmm. some charge on it, right? That's all I know so far. So it might be that you're watching them suffer in a worse situation and like you're helpless or something. That might be an example of what we're talking about because we know it says there's some kind of charge on this, okay? Um, that resonates. I often feel helpless Well, because they're, they're sort of, um, yeah. they'll bring something up. I want to get them help. They don't want the help. No. <laughs> I end up feeling helpless. Like, how do I help you here? You I know? Help you here. Yeah. I can't help you. There's going to be something with you not feeling. That's exactly it. You're not going to be comfortable with your helplessness and your powerlessness. There's some charge on that. So that instead of being able to say, I can be with you, somehow your helplessness, it's like your attention went back onto yourself and you weren't able to sit with your own helplessness or powerlessness in some situation. And that's somehow related to this mm. muscle test unbelievably strongly when you said that. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's find out. So really that's the charge here. I want my children to suffer less. Why do they suffer so much? There's something, the, the part that we have to work on with you that somehow is related to their suffering is that you can't sit on some level with your own helplessness or your own powerlessness about being able to do something for them when they are suffering in some situation. Yeah, that's really strong. So thank you for that. All right, so that's it. And is that worded exactly correctly? Do we have to refine it? Do we have 100% permission? Are we done with that part? So we now know what we're going to work on. We're going to work on that you have some anxiety that's associated with my children are suffering and I can't get help them suffer less. And there's this existential question, why do they suffer so much? And within it is some kind of helplessness or powerlessness or or a pleading and a prayer not feeling answered or something like that. That's what we know. Okay. So that's, mm -hmm. that's what we have to work with out of everything. All right. We asked source. we're going to work on it directly. We asked source. So you need, it says you need a clue. So does it have the structure of a pattern or patterns? Yes. Are there patterns on it? So it means that your helplessness is not enough to know. We need to find something more about your helplessness. Okay. Uh, and it's some kind of universal theme like betrayal. Like you felt betrayed or you felt like you did something and you betrayed them without meaning to, or they died oh. and couldn't stop it. So they, okay. they're saying. This life or past? Like I definitely feel like I betrayed them when they were little. Like I was not 
the mother I wanted to be as much as I was trying. Well, maybe that, at which point it will say it's his life. And then it will tell us the problem is betrayal. And it will say that it started in this lifetime, at which point you can then again decide if you want the world to know what that was or not. Okay. But the good news for you is I don't think that's going to be it because it doesn't hit. All right, let's find out what the pattern is. Maybe it is a pattern betrayal. We'll find out. So we're looking for, but you need a, it's some kind of universal theme, a universal mythic theme like betrayal or neglect or you can't let go or something. So let's find out what it is. It's okay. made up of one. Is it standard life-centered therapy, standard form? Is it any other kind of pattern at all? So it's something in this framework. And there are three categories. I'm going to find out which one. Is it single center? No. Is it major energetic? Yes. Is it identity? No. So what that says is, you're reliving a story of some kind of theme and the theme has made you believe things that you know aren't true. You won't let yourself feel some feeling in the context of this and be a choice about expression and there's a boundary trauma or there's some kind of boundary violation all around mm. whatever this theme is. That's all we've found out so far. Let's find out what the theme is. Okay, so it's in the material realms. Yes, it's in the non-material realms. So it's not a story of someone put a curse on you or your children. That'd be non-material. This is material. You'll be able to know it through your five senses. That's all. Okay. Oof. Well, that's a relief. There's no curse. Okay. <laughs> Honestly. All right. Let's find out what it is. Yeah. So well, I'll find out if it's betrayal also. I mean, maybe. Let's find out. So we get to the right answer. I'm going to go backwards. And it's only going to happen once. Split. So it's not that. Multiple. It's not that. Neglect. It's not that. Grudge. It's not that. Death wish. Oh, it's a death wish. Well, wounded. It's not betrayal. It's a death wish. Mm. So what that says is, it's it mean, a death wish says that there's a part of you that's experiencing I want to die. If it's in this lifetime, it might be because you did something so terrible when you were young that you said, I wish I were dead. You know, like I didn't, I betrayed them so badly that I wish that I were dead and you'd have a suicidal thought or something. If it's in another lifetime, it means that um, either you watched them die, at which point you wished you were dead, or you died in a way that you felt like you were abandoning them and you couldn't save them or something like that. So... And it's what, what we know about the death wish. I'm going to be a little bit more educational with you is we know you dissociated in it. So if, if, if you wished you were dead, it'd be like some, you watched them die and you couldn't do anything about it. And then you dissociate it. Or if you died, you would have a thought of like, how can I die right now? My children need me, but they're going to suffer and I can't, I won't be around for them. It's going to be a story like that. Okay. So I'm going to pause here for a moment mm -hmm. and tell people this has been the theme of my life, this death wish type of thing. Okay. And I have worked on it in layers, like you talked about in the, the previous episode, layers and layers and layers. And I am just sort of stunned that it's coming up again. Um, and you didn't know any of this about me before this session, like zero, zero. But it was, um, my father died at 53 mm -hmm. in it when, I, when I was 18. And um, he had decided to die at that age because his father did. And it took many, many years and lots and lots of work with different types of work to, um, to what I thought resolved the fact that like, I am not, I'm not going to die for many years. I wanted to like, oh, I'll get to my fifties. I'll die just like my dad. Mm -hmm. And 
thinking I've reversed that and really believing I reversed that. But at the same time, sort of being terrified. I'm, I'm 51 next week. Being terrified that I'm going to leave my kids because I don't want to. Like that as the like, no, I cannot leave them. Like I have to stay alive with the, for them um, and with them. That's, uh, yeah, it's been on my mind a lot. Yeah, well, um, I can only tell you I'm getting kind of chills and goosebumps. And when you say that, there's something still stuck there. That's all I know. And we can do something okay. that. I mean, there may be more than one thing stuck. Have you ever worked either genealogically or in your karma around these things? Have you worked in your um, Yeah, I, I've seen a psychic once in my life. Uh, and Yeah, go ahead. And she was like, I, I don't know... I, I don't know if that's genealogically, honestly. It was a very brief session and it was with someone I trusted and, you know, highly recommended. I, I knew her some. Yeah. But she said it's so strong on you. And FYI, you're not gonna die. You need to start looking for people who are like in their eighties with their mind still working well and you know, and it's not gonna happen for you. Mm-hmm. So and then I worked on it under hypnosis a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that felt, I'm not quite sure what you mean by genealogically, but that felt genealogically. Like I had definitely. would be that uh, you went back into your bloodline on your father's side and found out the first person who died and left no. kids. That would be we didn't do that. genealogically. No. Okay. Because it's not your story then. It's someone else's story, but you're holding the story for someone else. So if your father died and his father died, then there's a likelihood that someplace something crystallized in the bloodline, which would be why you'd say, I'm going to die when I'm 53. And it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you would just, you'd hold the story because when something gets traumatized in the bloodline, it comes down to the bloodline and you can change the whole bloodline, but it doesn't start with you. And I'm going to find out if it started with you, but I'm going to be shocked if it started with you. So yeah. Any work you did on you when you were little or anything, I don't know, where did your hypno, where did your hypno sessions take you? in terms of this, or did you just work on the experience of it without knowing where it was crystallized? Well, we worked on the experience of it as well as like um, getting very clear on the meaning of my life, mm-hmm. which was to help as many people as I can heal. Yeah. And that became very crystal clear. It wasn't ever like, you know, it was a little murky before that, like I like doing this, but you know, yeah. so am I meant to? <laughs> There's a different feeling, right? And so we went um, in utero, but not, not before that. So in terms of, but some of it was, um, yeah, healing. That's what I would call it. Healing that death wish. Yeah. Yeah, Well, if you went in utero, um, that's still in this lifetime. I'll find out Mm -hmm. in this lifetime. And if it says it was in this lifetime, then there's still something to work on. And this lifetime starts at the moment of conception. So certainly it could be something in utero and but it could be something in your bloodline. And if it's in the bloodline, it can affect you in utero or in, in your karmic, because mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to you in utero, but I'll find out if that's where this thing crystallized. And if it is, we'll go back there again. Okay. Okay. Well, right now, all we know is whatever you said this theme is, is exactly it. Because the second I tune back to it, I start getting goosebumps and chills. And that usually for me is that you're exactly in the right place. All right. So, um, so there's still a part of you that's experiencing. I want to die. Now, of course, that doesn't mean necessarily you want to die. Right. It just means that you had a, if, if it's you dying in the story, or if you were standing in for someone who died in the story, they would have, they would have essentially not been able to really metabolize the death. 
they would have dissociated around it. They would have been in their own place of helplessness or powerlessness or, or a sense of, uh, there's nothing I can do about it. And so, and so they would not been able to uphold whatever happened. So it then goes down through the generations. Okay. Yes. And associate is a great, it's a fantastic word for it because for many, many years, like 20, mm-hmm. I felt dissociated from it. Like this is just going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, there wasn't even a lot of feeling around it. It's like, ah, that's going to happen. And it yeah, well, from the reason it- living, re- truly living my life. Even when I'd like buy a card, be like, well, I'm going to be dead at 53. So, you know, so what card do I, you know what I mean? crazy crazy but not crazy but what after i saw the psychic it was like oh it was traumatic to me that i had to start living like i called one of my uh friends afterwards and just cried and cried and said i have to start living now and that was um i'm trying to think how old i was probably 40 42 43 10 years ago or so no shoot i'm 51 less than 10 years ago (laughs) well um Apparently, there's a part of you that's still dissociated. Otherwise, okay. you would say you would handle the whole thing and it wouldn't be coming up right now. Okay. Right, yeah. And dissociated is exactly what you talk about when something is too painful. When the charge gets to be up to 100, you don't feel it's like your leg falls asleep. So it's like you talk about it matter of factly because it's just so painful that you say, I won't let myself experience it. And at which point, you go out of your body and then you go around walking like nothing is a problem and until it gets down below 100 at which point you start having excruciating pain like you're talking about yes right? yeah all right so anyway so we know that there's a part of you if you're a community right someone in that community which could be you from reincarnated or you in a bloodline or you in utero or somebody because we're, we're all these communities really of living beings is experiencing I want to die, and it's a totally around this theme of like, you know, um, my children are suffering, and I can't do anything about it. Or why do they have to suffer so much? And somehow it has something to do with you won't be around. That's all we mm-hmm. know. But that's true. It's not like in yeah. the story. The, I mean, it's not. I just. It's not like. It's not like you watched them die, like in the Holocaust or something, and said, like, this one, you may have one of those, too, at which point you still might want to die, but then you just say, what's the point of life? Because they've died. That's not this one. Right. I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. So, all right. So we now know what you're going to work on, which is really this part of you. If you call all of you parts, you could say it's a living being, and someone's there, and they're experiencing, like, there's something about my children suffering. And um, why do they have to suffer so much? And it has something to do with some part of you that couldn't manage a death and never really completed a death process. And so that whoever that is is saying, I want to die and let go. They're stuck mm, like a goat, so to speak. All right. Yeah, uh, super sad. It's bringing up a lot of sadness in me. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, it's someone else's sadness that's yours, right? All right. So the next thing you do to find information about story. So we're going to find out we need a root cause and a narrative. We need one of each. All right, originates. It does not originate in your lifetime. I asked it originates in a past life. Is it genealogical? It's not genealogical. Is it karmic? So that means it's not about your bloodline. It's not about your dad dying. It's like you in another lifetime where you were reincarnated. It's not your bloodline. So you could be anyone male, female, anything, but you won't be you and you won't be someone who's like your grandfather or your father or somebody because it says it's not your bloodline. 
whoever's sad here, it's not that. Okay. Okay. So it's karmic. We have to know anything more, and anything more would be who, what, who is it's who, what, when, where, why, how, or if you need, or if you already know the story. So it would be who was involved, when it took place, where it took place, what happened, why it happened, how it happened. If you know the story, we don't need any more clues. We're going to get there through a sensation. Do we do anything to deepen, amplify, set up, or the transpersonal questions, which means you're holding it more than yourself? Any practices defined now? No. Is it fully available? So here's what I want you to do. As you're allowing this, like, I really want my children to suffer less. Why do they have to so suffer so much? And it has to do with my sense of I'm helpless to stop it. And we know that it's likely that it has something to do with a traumatic death of some kind. I'm helpless, I'm powerless, and they need me, and I won't be there. And I'm, I have to stay here, but I can't stay here because I'm dead. And I'm going, but I'm going to stay here anyway. So I'll never let go as end of the sadness. As you're allowing all that, what you are right now, all I want you to do is scan your body and tell me what you notice. It could be tears. It could be a sick feeling. It could be pain. It could be heavy. All I want you to do is scan and tell me what sensations are there as you're allowing all this, just like you are right now. It's like a shaking, really, like a shaking and a a fluttering in the heart. Now, is that the predominant thing? Is there anything else also? Is it really where you're drawn is shaking and fluttering in heart? You teach us. Yeah, that's it. Now, here's mm-hmm. what I want you to do. I want you to choose to bring all your awareness and focus all your attention so much on shaking and fluttering in heart that you're going to become, your new name is shaking and fluttering in heart. You're no longer Elizabeth. You're someone else whose name right now is shaking and fluttering in heart. And we're going to say, whoever you are, Shaking and fluttering in heart. You teach us. What do you come to share about this? I so want my children to suffer less. Why do they have to suffer so much? And there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm stuck here. And I, I, I know something about your dying. But you want to stay so much that it's like you never really let yourself fully die. So you're also experiencing there's nothing I can do because I can be here, but I'm, I'm dead. So I want to let go. Now, as you're allowing that, just you teach us, where is this beginning? And what's happening to you? And what have you come to share about all of this? And you just be shaking, fluttering hard. And you might become a being whose heart is shaking and fluttering. Or images might come to you like a movie. Or just knowings like you're like reading a novel. All I want you to do, shaking, just share with us, talk with us about this, what's happening. So the image that comes up is actually a woman who's kneeling. Yep. And um, it's, I can't really get an image of the children, but it's like they're in front of her That's somehow. Right. That's and, wrong. But the image I keep getting is of like their, their little spirits floating up. Yep. And her saying, it's okay to let go. They're, they're going to live in joy. Okay, stay with that. So, so it may not have been like a Holocaust, but it may be that you've lost them. Just stay with it. Yeah. And then just an image of her, her heart, her fluttering heart connected to theirs. Yeah. That's definitely right. There's On tears, she's crying. That's right. That's right. 
Yeah. It's odd. I get somewhat of a reversal. Almost like I know the question was like, what does she have to share with us? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, She's so sad. Yeah. And I get this image of me actually holding her. That's saying it's okay to let go. That's right. Her children are younger. They're they're not they're not my children. Yeah. That's right. And the other like odd part is that she's in she's in gray. It's like a black and white image. Yeah. It's like this grayscale image. But um but the children's souls and spirits are like this, you know, yellowish, whitish light. Yeah. And so is her heart. Yeah. Yeah. Got the whole story. Well, she shared what she had to share. It's interesting because there's another story too. We're we're in the right place. Okay, we got the whole story. Let's find out. So, what you were doing for her was a practice that she needed in order to heal. Let's see if that's complete. Source level, do you know? I find out. Yes. There's something more. You're doing the right thing, but there's something more she needs, and you will know what it is. I don't know what it is, but you know what it is. So there's just more she needs from you. And if you tune in, you'll know what it is. The image that comes is just... She doesn't want to leave. That's right. You know, that spot. That's right. It's almost, it's almost like I see us in conversation, but I can't really hear the conversation, you know? But it's like going back and forth where... I say to her, you can stay here as long as you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost feel like she was led away before. Um, <clears throat> that is a feeling that she was led away somehow before she was ready to let go. And no one let her stay as long as she wanted to. That's right. That's a really yeah. strong. Yeah. 
that explains something. Yeah. Okay. So as you're sharing that with her, you can be here as long as you want. And I'm here with you. See if there's anything else. It just strikes me as a similar feeling after my father died and we were at the gravesite and um, I didn't want to leave. Mm -hmm. It was raining and cold and he died in December and I was in Texas, not Florida. And, um, but I, I had to at some point, everybody was leaving. That was the feeling I had to, yeah. but I didn't want to, yeah. I wasn't ready. Yeah, it's the same same feeling. Yeah, well, it's a good thing she has you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good. So find out what happens when you just share with her. You can stay here as long as you need to. I'm here with you. See if there's anything else. Then there's a sense of of uh, peace. Yeah. Not that she's not still sad and in grief, but there's a sense of of peace it's almost like you see it's spreading through her body you know like this white light that spreads through her body yeah yeah the calmness i would say yeah yeah, yeah. a comfort yeah yeah good all right i want you to do one thing for me okay because you just changed all of history which is going to be good news for everybody I want you to find out what happened to her when you weren't there for her and she didn't have this practice with you. Find out what happened to her afterwards when the story played out the way that it did originally. Just find out. Oh, I think she lived in grief. Yeah. Yeah. Dissociated, like you said, like just sort of a zombie walking around the rest of her life. Yeah. Not truly living like feeling mm -hmm. dead inside herself yeah. and living, I think, I, you know, I just see her like these images of her living and her suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Not being able to let it go or have moments of joy or happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in a funny way, you know, it is that um, she couldn't save them. So, yeah. Well, I think you just did a lot of good for her and a lot of good for you. Um, because my guess is what happened is that she probably died the way she was living and probably never let herself fully complete that either. But we don't have to do that anymore because you just helped her. Okay. It's a really good thing. Well, let's find out. You get the whole story. Let's see. Do we ask her if there's anything else? Or can I find out? Are there any more practices? So you just did a practice with her, you could say. She shared her story, and then you did something that helped heal the story by just being with her in the way that she needs to be with and probably the way you need to be with. Although I guess if you go back to when you're uh, 13, I feel different. Mm-hmm. That was really beautiful. All right, do we have to take any more connections? No. Are there any lessons to learn? Are there any of the final questions to make sure you really got this and can live differently, which would be more at peace, actually? 
it fully affirmed. You were here for health and health. Anything more for this one, for the one in the story, for the children, and for all before we leave this work? No. So is the work on this complete? Yes. Is it done? Is there anything else? Is our work complete for now? We're done for now. So take a moment and just be with yourself. And if there's anything you want to say about how you are or what's touched you or how you're feeling now compared to an hour ago, or if you have any reflections, the floor is yours. And if you just want to sit and let it integrate, that's great too. You just tell us. It's really beautiful. Yeah, I have a question. Go ahead. What's your question? Um, sort of the thinking brain kicking in. Versus the feeling brain, right? <laughs> and it's like, okay, so I know you know. There's a part of me that says, okay, now I just have to wait and see how this changes things, mm-hmm. right? My question is, all right, by relieving her suffering, let's say rewriting that story, mm-hmm. then will my children suffer less? Uh, I think they'll suffer less, and I think you'll suffer less about your helplessness and powerlessness, which paradoxically will make them suffer less. Because you could say that on one level, right, we don't, because we didn't go back, and we don't have to go back and find out what happened to those children. But let's just say, um, insofar as they were suffering and you were trying to heal this story, on a soul level, of course, they would, your children would say, well, of course, we're help- we'll be very happy to be characters in your play, helping you to remember this, right? Yeah. So, of mm-hmm. course, they'll look, do something that looks like they're going to die on you or something, or they, you, they're going to suffer. There's nothing you can do about it. But Oh, got it. Oh, so it's like the contract is fulfilled. This contract is fulfilled. So as soon as that's fulfilled, your children say, oh, we don't have to play out those two kids that are going to like suffer and die and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh my God. It makes me so happy. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So what I do is I would just say, oh my God, are my children suffering less? Magically. Now, I'm not saying yeah. all of their suffering. They have their own karma. Of course. But yeah, they have their own karma. Just a little bit to help a whole line of people, like, let go of, like, we're going to be held on to here because the kids are going to suffer and the mother's going to go like, walk around like a zombie. Yes. Fantastic. That's what I'd say. But you'll... Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. all you want to say. But just check. Spend 30 seconds every night and for the next few weeks to see if you're feeling like, it's not as big a deal and I'm not going to watch them like suffer and there's nothing I can do about it. And they're going to end up like, you know, God knows what. And just see if <laughs> suffer and just, just take the null hypothesis and assume nothing will change and just see. Okay. Okay. Good. Great. Wonderful. Now see if there's anything more you want to ask or share or anything before we say goodbye for now about this. Oh, just how grateful I am. Thank you so much. Like, yeah, this is, I th- I feel like it was a, another layer yeah. peeled back. Well, and, yeah. My intuition yeah. is there's a lot of mothers right now who are watching terrible things happen to their children. Yeah. And there's nothing much they can do about it. Right. And I think you just helped all of them a little bit. Hopefully. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. All right. So... 
Okay, I'm going to stop the recording. Good idea. Hi, everyone. Dr. Liz here. I know this was quite an emotional episode. So if you are looking to work with Dr. Han or get some support around anything it brought up in you, please feel free to reach out to him through his website, lifecenteredtherapy.com, or also feel free to reach out to me, Dr. Liz at drlizhypnosis.com. I wish for you the same depth of healing that I experienced. Peace. truly enjoyed today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.